0: Welcome to the Electric International series, Think Like a Leader. We all enjoy hearing another person's success story, and we hope our conversations with leaders from across the electrical construction industry will help spark your interest and creativity in finding ways you can think like a leader. Today, we're very fortunate to have with us Mike Meyer, who is with Continental Electric based out of Chicago, and he has a very interesting title that I just learned. His title is Project Manager, Mission Critical Division. I would be remiss if I didn't start this interview by asking Mike, will you explain to us what mission critical means to Continental and in the world of electrical construction?
1: First, thanks for having me. I've, I've enjoyed both the Electri and the NECA podcasts over the past year that, that's been produced. I've, I've learned a lot from it, from the many voices of the industry. So, mission critical is basically just a fancy phrase for the data center industry, which encompasses uh, everything from our, our mail in the cloud, our search to our, our IT rooms fall under that category.
0: Continental has been around for a very long time. According to the materials that you have, by 1948, The company had grown to a million dollars in sales and 300 electricians on staff. That was pretty big back in 1948. As you think about your role as a project manager how do you work to live up to that history and the impact in the way that you make decisions for today's market does it have an impact on you knowing that you're representing a firm that's been around that long
1: so certainly we're uh, you know me and my colleagues are all very proud of our company history it's coming up on 110 years here next year but one of the things we, we keep of top of mind today is customer for life mentality. A lot of our customers that we have are repeat customers and some span back decades. And we all realize that we're basically guests at the job sites that we work at day in and day out. And our performance and our quality today and the way our team members act and interact with clients is what keeps us being invited back. Proud of the history, but we're, we're having to earn it every, every day and every year.
0: Of all the work that you do for Continental, do you have a favorite type of electric
1: construction project? Well, what attracted me to the the electrical construction industry was actually the commercial uh, interiors market. It was just a fast-paced type of project that you could see go from paper to reality within the span of weeks or months. That was kind of a sharp contrast from one of my summer experiences when I was in school where... I worked at a a laboratory that had really fascinating, really exciting work, but it just seemed to be a glacial pace. So that was what drew me to the industry. And then as we started off with my current fascination is the mission critical market, the data center projects that are really dense with electrical systems, complex things going on and built really resiliently. And the other thing about that market is it it attracts a lot of really bright and talented people, which are, are, are great to be around. So it's an honor for me just to be with them.
0: In your area of the world out there in Chicago, does Continental have difficulty or do they find it fairly easy to attract good talent, both for the field and for inside the office?
1: Attracting talent is always a a challenge. I would say Continental does a good job in terms of retention. I mean, there's a lot of people in our firm that have been here decades and a lot of different family members. It's seen as a, a great place to work. In terms of re- retaining, they also we have a, it's a family business, fourth generation family, and that's kind of a source of uh, pride and stability for a number of our team members. As of late, attracting talent is top of mind. We've got a lot of people retiring, especially with this COVID. I think a lot of people took kind of uh, early, early out and said, you know what, life's too short, going to enjoy myself. And we just have some natural attrition, just the way things have worked out for us. So. Got a lot of new people in the next three to five years being brought on board.
0: The company's fairly large and you made mention of it as a family business. How do you, as a leader in that type of large environment, make your voice heard and get your ideas considered? You have some ways that you've learned how to approach working with other leaders of the company to make sure that your voice is one of the ones that gets, Paid attention
1: to? Yeah, so I mean, really, it's honestly just getting involved. If you were to take my literal role, it's very project focused. But my role that I fill, however, goes way beyond that. It includes business development, customer engagement, being a firm ambassador, which is more outward facing, and then internally facing, volunteering on committees that we have to develop and enhance our quality assurance and quality control programs and our safety programs, and then also on some of the different IT implementations and rollouts getting involved in a variety of those different facets have allowed me to meet basically everybody in the office and a lot of our team members in the field versus just staying in my Little silo, and with that exposure, been able to have my voice heard at the table.
0: Are there some trends that you see in the electrical construction industry that you think are going to have a real impact, not just on your position or your company, but on the industry as a whole? Are there major changes that you see coming based on your perspective of the overall industry?
1: Just looking back at the last ten years, the the smart devices, the I not just the iPhone, but the smartphone, and then the tablets, just what's happened in the last 10 years has been transformational for the way we communicate between the office and the field. Going forward, I think things that will probably affect the electrical contracting industry will be the gig economy or maybe the uberfication of labor. Uh, It probably won't affect our big mission-critical healthcare type projects, but there's other facets of the industry where I could see that being a disruptor. I don't think anyone who drove a cab in New York 10 years ago thought they'd be in the situation they're in. And then also just the e-commerce, the amount of construction to support e-commerce has been tremendous lately. But just the way that's being executed through apps and through, through the web has accelerated just in the past few years. I just came from lunch at a fast casual reference where I ordered it through my phone, used Apple Pay, went in and out. And they're serving more people from the same kitchen without people sitting there than they were a year ago. That type of acceleration of technology, I think, is going to affect our industry. And it'll be interesting. It'll affect our distribution supply chains as well. seems to be accelerating.
0: You mentioned being involved with committees and projects and all. What aspect of your involvement with Electric International do you most enjoy?
1: Well, at a high level, really, it's it's the networking with peers from across the country. I learn a lot usually the day before we get into our meetings, just, just meeting people, seeing what type of work they do, what are different pain points they're having. On another level, I've gotten involved in the TIC, or the Talent Initiative Committee, as of late. and That's been pretty neat to see the development of the program where we do the competition with the universities, with their student leaders, and the way we're able, able to outreach and then just the work that Josh and his team has done over the past year to kind of go beyond uh, the student chapters and reach even a level lower to maybe hit some high school students and engage people earlier.
0: Do you think that students at the high school level are ready to hear a message about different kinds of careers? Or is that something that really is not on their radar until they're into college and having to make decisions about majors and all that. Do you think electricity should be pushing for more access to students in the high school market?
1: Just having the exposure certainly helps. I don't think anybody at that age is looking for their 30-year career solution, but just to know what it's about and how many, I mean, right now they're ripping a house down the street from me and my son is just fascinated watching the, the excavator and how things work, and then mimicking it while building Legos at home. The sons and daughters like to see that. They like to see how things go together and get built. And it's something that if we bring that to them, I I think they're open and receptive to it.
0: Just a side question. How many Legos do you step on in any given day?
1: We've got quite a few. We're pretty good about having them clean it up. And we try to keep it in a certain area of the house. It's one of the it's a toy I enjoy as well. So
0: now when you think about Electri's research, has there been any particular projects that have really been beneficial for you in your own career development in in learning and understanding how to be a leader?
1: I mean, just the the resources available from Electri have just helped our our company tremendously. The the COVID-19 report that came out just recently, the fact that it was fast-paced and timely was very useful. Some other ones I lean on are the productivity studies, you know, to help make the case to the clients and not just be pulling wild guesses out of the air. We're seeing equipment and key components of our jobs coming later and later, and all of a sudden we're being asked to compress the schedule at the very end. And the electric reports help kind of make the case, here's what's reasonable, here's the type of losses you'll have. Um, that's something great to lean on. And, and one of the ones that just at the Salt Lake City meeting uh, was talked about was the, the impact of BIM and, and how to capture that cost. So I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to come out of that. It's a big cost center for us that we, we'd like to have a better understanding and a better idea of how to communicate to our customer the impact of changes on uh, recouping costs with them. So looking forward to that. And a lot of these reports are really phenomenal for that.
0: As you look forward for Electri, not backwards at what's been completed, but as you think going forward, are there certain initiatives or topics or types of projects that you'd say, you know, Carolyn, considering everything that's happening in our industry, I really hope Electri will take a look at
1: The Program Review Committee, what they do is phenomenal. I think the big thing will be just making it more translatable to to contractors and not so much of a a white paper. The white papers are actually fabulous, like I just said, for defending stuff, but for communicating the message of what people are doing. I think case studies and different focus groups are helpful for that. And then podcasts like this or having the researchers be almost storytellers to, to make it something engaging. So you still have that report as backup to lean against, but how do you make it something that, that people are going to want to listen to and doesn't seem so academic? So
0: delivering it is as important, if not more important than the message itself.
1: Exactly. I was just involved in a people and organizational development program. And one of the gentlemen was from a general contractor and talked about how much they invested in their company's intranet and creating videos and quick reference guides. From his dashboard, he could see almost no one in the company was using it after they spent a lot of time and effort doing it. But a lot of the people he's finding are learning from their peers or going to uh, YouTube or Khan Academy to, to get information. So it's like, how do we evolve our knowledge transfer and make sure the the quality research that we're doing is absorbed by as many people as possible?
0: What is the best advice that you have ever received in your career?
1: a variety of things come to mind i guess with respect to electri and research one of the things when i was doing my uh master's program and doing research projects was a phrase that was it's better to spend six hours in the library than six months in the lab try to look back at what's already been done and learn from that and then more just kind of high level one of my old colleagues kind of used to just have a saying that it's all about people meeting people and that's also something i've noticed with the electri meetings and the uh neca meetings is the more people i meet the more fruitful as meetings become and the more I've, I've learned and grown uh, in my career.
0: Are you confident that the level of people who come to Electri are able and willing to share their good experiences with you to make it valuable for you? Is, do you consider it time well spent?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the people who come to Electri specifically, I mean, they're most of them are coming to this, looking to share and kind of have the heart of a teacher in some respect basically all the people in the room like we were just in salt lake together they're they're our industry's thought leaders i think exchanging those ideas i don't think many people see that as a competitive disadvantage and want to keep all that to themselves they're looking at how do we enhance the industry and and our our trade as a whole
0: what Message: Would you want to deliver to our audience about being a leader in the electrical construction industry? Is there something specific that you want to make sure you get to tell them?
1: Get involved. I mean, I've been full-time in this industry, not quite 20 years, but as I've gotten more involved in the electrical-focused uh, groups or even some other business groups in our area, the involvement makes it more enjoyable, and that's the most basic advice. With the electry meetings, a lot of the stuff we hear come up at our conferences is the difference between working on your business and working in your business. The electry meetings is getting involved there is a great way to inspire you to work on your business.
0: Perfect. Is there anything that I haven't asked that you want to make sure you get the opportunity to share with our audience?
1: I'm just looking forward to seeing you all in San Diego.
0: Nashville comes first.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true.
0: We'll all be together for the NECA convention and all of the electric events. Mike, thank you so much. I've really learned a lot from you today. Um, I really, really appreciate your comment about spending time in the library versus spending time in the lab. I think we could all learn from that. So thank you again. We thank our audience for joining us, whether you're watching this or whether you're listening to it as a podcast. We are all learning from our leaders, no matter where they are in the country. Yes, we'll be together in Nashville. Yes, we'll be together in San Diego, but you always have the opportunity to tune in and learn some more. Thank you for joining us for today's Think Like a Leader conversation. You can access every interview in this series on our website, electri.org, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. This is a remarkable look inside the electrical construction industry, and it's yours for the listening.